Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Ball across the paint, step back three, cover for Booker. Book it! 31, 14th time in his playoff career. He's gone for 30 or more. Avoids the foul. He had gone with two hands, man. He might have gotten away with it. Powell on the drive and kick. Leonard for three. Got it. One point game. Got all these guys up in the line. If they can find a way to get Jones out. Rodgers steps up, going deep, has a man. It's caught. Watson is in. Touchdown, Green Bay. There it is. Got him. Eighth comeback win. Only the Red Sox have more in the major leagues. Diamondbacks get to 13 and 11. It wasn't pretty, but it worked. 5-4 your final. Six seconds left. LeBron's got it. Tillman on him. Lakers down two. James off the window. It goes. What a basket by James. Timeout Memphis. We're tied at 104. 46 points for Jimmy Butler. Sets up on three. Good. Why not? Why not, Jimmy Butler? Butler's got 49 points. Every time they needed to make a play, they did. Tatum, exclamation point, Jason Tatum. Wild shot from Conley. Murray dances to the baseline, Jokic wide open. Inexplicable defensive breakdown. Have a 0-2 pitch on the way from Beeks. Swing at a ground ball, Beeks hands this one as well. He'll underhand the first and baseball's first 20-win team. The Tampa Bay Rays do it in only 23 games. And for the first time in 138 years, a big league baseball team has started their home schedule 14-0. and The Rays beat the defending world champions, the Houston Astros, 8-3, and the beat goes on for the 2023 Rays. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, April 25th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, Suns Clippers, who you got tonight? ATS, the number keeps going up and up and up. Meanwhile, the Jets, does adding Aaron Rodgers move them ahead of the Bills? The Diamondbacks, how many wins this week against the last-placed opponents? Back to the NBA, or the Lakers in heat on their way to series upsets, quote-unquote. And do the Celtics and Nuggets close out their series tonight, series plural. On the diamond, what stood out last night, and what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, our week-long NFL draft coverage continues. Today, the Houston Texans, a draft preview with Chandler, Chandler Johnson of uh, 
KPRC Channel 2 in Houston. 9.30 or so, it'll be interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That'll include a Suns-Clippers Game 5 preview and a little bit of Royals and Diamondbacks analysis or Diamondbacks-Royals analysis last night at uh, Chase Field. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be top five from the NBA scoreboard. And we'll look at the latest line uh, for some NBA games upcoming, among other things. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who you got ETS tonight in Game 5? The Suns now up to a 12.5-point home favorite. Uh, so do you have the Suns minus 12.5 or the Clippers uh, plus 12.5? And, and Corey is here and has the early returns. Very definitive as we have 100% Suns minus 12.5 on KDUS1060.com. It's a lot of points. Uh, the Suns go for the series-clinching fourth consecutive victory tonight against the Clippers, who are expected to be once again without Kawhi Leonard for a third consecutive game. Today's Twitter poll question, does the addition of Aaron Rodgers move the Jets ahead of the Bills in the AFC East? And, Corey, what do we have here? 100% also on no on KDUSAM on Twitter. I hate these 100% results. They're trying to, I'm trying to get some... You know, split voting here when we come up with these questions. The Bills, based on a small sample size of some high-handle worldwide sports books, remain plus 130 favorites. That is followed by the Jets at plus 225. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks started which should be a good week last night, or at least a winning week last night with a victory. The Diamondbacks scored in the bottom of the eighth inning and held on to beat the lowly Royals. Last night, the first of six games this week for the Diamondbacks against last-place teams. So, how many wins for the Diamondbacks this week against the Royals and Rockies? Uh, how many wins would be satisfactory in your mind? Three here against the Royals, and they go to Kent, uh, go to uh, Colorado and play the Rockies for three games. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Heat and the Blakers won two uh, drama-filled playoff games last night. LeBron finished with 22 points and 20 rebounds in the Lakers' overtime victory over the Grizzlies, while Jimmy, Jimmy Butler had 56. That's right, 56. And the Heat rallied to beat the Bucks, who did have Giannis back from injury, even though he clearly did not look like he was 100%. Meanwhile, are the Lakers and Heat on their way to series victories over the better-seeded Grizzlies and Bucks? Tonight, the Celtics and Nuggets can finish their series. The Celtics will face the Hawks. The Hawks without the suspended Deontay Murray. And the Nuggets, uh, likely the next Suns opponent, get to host the Wolves in Denver. Do the Celtics and Nuggets close out series with victories tonight? On the diamond, another day and another Rays headline. Tampa now 14-0 at home to begin the season. First team to 20 wins this year. By the way, that 14-0 record at home to begin the season, that sets a Major League Baseball modern-day record. So what else stood out last night on, quite frankly, a relatively quiet Monday in Major League Baseball? All right, in addition to all these excellent topics and questions, what else caught your eye since our last show? 
That is the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Texans draft preview, currently drafting number two, the Texans. Scheduled to be joined by Chancellor Johnson of uh, KPRC-TV2 in Houston. It's been an interesting ride here for the Texans, starting with that uh, final victory of the regular season, Week 18 victory, which uh, moved them out of the number one pick of the draft at that point. And uh, they've uh, had a coaching change. They've added a lot of players in the offseason. Some of them could be difference makers. Uh, so we'll get to all that in the next segment with Chancellor. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS. AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. We're back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Houston Texans, as of right now, are drafting second on a Thursday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. For a Texans draft preview and an offseason review, uh, we're now joined the sports zone by Chancellor Johnson of KPRC2 in Houston. And, uh, Chancellor, good to have you on the show. And uh, let's start with, uh, I think it's an obvious question, is there still some regret in Houston that Lovey Smith and the Texans rallied to win that regular season finale? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Uh, you know, it feels like every single day we kind of look back on that last regular season game where the Houston Texans – you know, where, where they had an opportunity to secure the number one pick by just simply losing. And Lovey Smith did something he hadn't done all season, which was be aggressive and try to win ball games. And so um, now, you know, I kind of laugh at it now, the fact that the Houston Texans are stuck trying to figure out what they're going to do at number two. Meanwhile, I kind of imagine Lovey Smith somewhere in Chicago right now picking out his long gray beard <laughs> as he has to worry about anything and get to the Chicago Bears number one pick. We now have seen it, you know, since gone to the Carolina Panthers. But, yeah, you know, it's a big regret because now no one knows what these Texans are going to do. And right now, I'm not for sure the Texans know what they're going to do just a little bit over 48 hours away from the draft. Okay, don't blow the drama because we're, we're counting on you to tell us what they're going to do here. So there we, we'll get to that in a second here. All right, so they are drafting second. And for weeks, it seemed like quarterback would be the position. But now the league-wide noise seems to be have, have them heading elsewhere. What's going on? You know, I'm a big believer in where there's smoke, there's fire. And at this point, I would not be shocked at all if they go ahead and go the defensive route with the new head coach, D'Amico Lyons, obviously being a defensive-minded guy. 
I know that, you know, obviously the, the top defensive guy for most people going into this draft was Will Anderson Jr. for a very long time. But now the Texans have been linked a lot to Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson. So that would be a shock in itself in the first place, not going with the quarterback as we believe for so long. And then not only that, potentially passing up on who many thought was the top overall prospect in Will Anderson Jr. and going with, you know, a little bit more of an unknown with Tyree Wilson. But for now, if I was a betting man, I, I believe they go with a defensive guy in either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. Okay, so what do you think the Texans should do with the second selection, and how much does the fact that they have the 12th overall selection, does that factor in, and would you endorse the Texans trading down from the second selection? So for me, I look at their quarterback room right now, and I see quarterback Davis Mills, who at this point we've kind of seen what he's been able to do, which is not really much at a high level in the NFL, but like in Case Keenum. And I look at that QB room, I see that they should add one of the top QBs in the draft, whether that is a C.J. Stroud, who for me, for all year long, is the C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, you know, as far as the top two prospects. And then over the past two weeks, it's, oh, we don't want to touch C.J. Stroud now. I'm not for sure where that came from. And then you have, of course, Will Levis, who I'm, I would pass on. And then Anthony Richardson, who many believe has the most potential out of the quarterbacks. I would go with one of the quarterbacks. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. Obviously, D'Amico Lyons came from the 49ers, who you see a little bit more of a plug-plug-and-play and still have some success throughout the team, but in the AFC, you look at the AFC, you look at Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you look at um, Trevor Lawrence within your own division, and you need a quarterback. And it's important to note, if you pass up on a quarterback, that gives the the Colts, who at the number four spot, a chance to draft a quarterback as well, too, draft maybe that C.J. Stroud or that Will Levis that you pass on. So, in my belief, they should draft a QB, but, you know, um, looks like they're going defensive route there. Chancellor Johnson of uh, KPRC in Houston, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned D'Amico Ryans, former Texans player and the new head coach. So does Ryan bring uh, – what does he bring? And it, it, am I just, Maybe I'm wrong in assuming that you know, he was a star linebacker, he was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Do they and he build around the defense? Yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryans, his longtime nickname has been captain. And, you know, it's, for me, I grew up in Houston. I remember watching Domingo Ryan play here in the city of Houston, and it's weird for me to even still call him head coach from the Houston Texans, Domingo Ryan now. But what I can say is ever since Domingo has come over over the past couple of months back to the city of Houston, it's definitely a new energy and a new spark within the city that was long lost. You know, you go back to the days after they ended up trading Deshaun Watson, who, who was the longtime quarterback that they were looking for. You know, they, they settled on David Culley, who – was a train wreck, for being honest, and it didn't work out with Lovey Smith, and now they're on their, you know, their third coach in three years, and it feels like the Texans finally have their guy. Um, and, you know, like I said, coming from San Francisco, where you had a lot of success with that defense, um, with a lot of talent as well on the defensive side of the ball, with the Nick Boses, with the, um, you know, the, the talented linebackers like a Fred Warner, and, and as you, know, you guys out there in Arizona, you guys played against them twice a year. I, I know you guys are, are very well where what he was able to do with that defense there. Uh, but I, I, mm-hmm. I think he, he does want to build that defense here in Houston. And, and back when he was here in Houston, they had a had, had the defensive uh, group called the Bulls on Parade, and I think we'll see some of that nastiness, that greenness. Once he's able to especially build up that roster, um, you know, here through free agency, he's already starting to bring some guys through and ultimately through the draft as well. 
So you mentioned Stroud, yeah, and you mentioned the smoke and fire analogy there. So is he like out of the equation with the second pick? And why why would that be? Do you think? You know, it, it does seem like if they do draft a quarterback, it, it appears they might go just a completely different direction. You know, we, we've heard a lot over the past week or so about the S two test and how yeah. much of you know really that has. But Bryce Sean completely aced that test, and under my belief. I've been hearing uh, from the Texans that they love Bryce Young and that, and it, it's, been, it's out there as well too. Even from national reports that they did try to trade up for number one, they really wanted Bryce Young. Ultimately, Carolina Panthers got that pick, and so you know it just didn't feel like they're that comfortable with T.J. Stroud. And something that that is of note that's been kind of thrown out there, how much relevance it has, I'm not sure. But T.J. Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson, and if mm. you remember how that played out with. Yeah. The Houston Texans, they gave Deshaun Watson, you know, his, his contract that he wanted, and even before all the allegations came out. They planned to have Deshaun Watson here for a long time. Then Deshaun Watson requested the trade before, once again, the allegations came out. And so the Texans front office, they weren't happy with rewarding, you know, the, the quarterback they long time have been wanting and, you know, his, him ultimately winning on the team and, you know, ultimately wanting to move on. So, you know, there might not be, a, you know, a lot of, you know, comfort dealing with well, David Mulligetta again. That that is something that's been been talked about as well. But you know, listen, at the, at the end of the day, you want to draft uh, a franchise QB, and if you're not comfortable with that guy, then I, I do think you should pass on him. Now, that doesn't mean you should pass on the quarterback altogether. But you know, you asked excuse me, you asked me this earlier about you know potentially trading back, and and I'm under the belief that hey, if you don't like drafting CJ Stroud at two or Will Levis at two, then trade back and then. Maybe trade back a few spots. Maybe trade with the Colts in division. Let them get C.J. Stroud if you don't like him, and then you can still get an Anthony Richardson. You can still get a Will Levis or, you know, some of the other top quarterbacks in the draft. So I would trade back because at the end of the day, you do need a quarterback to be successful. You mentioned Richardson a couple of times, and I think most people believe that he's not necessarily a red shirt, but going to need some time. So maybe if they do trade back – yeah, they keep Mills, have him start for a while, and Richardson they can you know, work in at some point. Would that be a good fit, do you think? Anthony Richardson could be a, a really good fit. If you look at um, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, how they operated things offensively last year, the Houston Texans uh, hired their former uh, quarterback and passing game coordinator, uh, Bobby Slowick, and he's now the offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. And if you remember, before Brock Purdy, they, they had Trey Lance, and they had high hopes for Trey Lance. Obviously, they traded up to go get him. And obviously, an injury prone, but that's a guy who could do a lot of things, not with just his arm, but with his legs as well. And we've seen uh, what Anthony Richardson is capable of, um, potentially, as far as, you know, a big body guy, extremely athletic, as we saw at the NFL Combine. I think he could be a good fit. And, you know, there, there could be an argument of, hey, you know, if you draft a guy like that who's for the project, maybe let him sit behind, you know, a Davis Mills or a Case Keenum. I think the Davis Mills uh, ship had sales. But at the end of the day, Anthony Richardson needs to play. And if you look back on his last year at Florida, he got better every single year. He, he wasn't making the same mistakes that he was making, you know, back in week one, you know, that he would be maybe in week 10. And so he might have been kind of throwing him in the fire, but D'Amico Ryan's ahead of his ahead of the draft in his last person. He did say, hey, listen, it doesn't matter who we bring in. We're not going to put a ton of pressure on them. Um, and, you know, and, and I believe that. I, I think D'Amico Ryan's going to obviously do what he feels is best for the team to ultimately set them up for success. 
All right, the Texans, you know, I think they were pretty active in the free agent uh, receiver market, at least. They added Robert Woods, who used to destroy the Arizona Cardinals back in his days with the Rams, by the way. And also Dalton Schultz. They added Devin Singletary, the running back. I assume that that trio, at least Woods and Schultz, are going to be immediate contributors. Oh, absolutely. Um, last year, the, the Texans, they really lacked on uh, just guys who can make plays uh, you know, with the ball in the hands outside of rookie running back Damian Pierce play a phenomenal season. And so you, you go and you add a guy in the running back room like um, Singletary, who um, was a little bit more of a, a guy who could make you miss versus Damian Pierce, who was more of a, much more of a bruiser. And so, and, and then with Singletary is going to do some stuff, um, you know, out of the backfield of passing game-wise. And then, you know, Brandon Cooks, who, for, for me, I thought was an underrated receiver for a, a long mm-hmm. time in this league, but he, he didn't have as great of a season uh, as the Houston Texans for the Colts to help hopefully Davis Mills, you know, um, get better and progress over the course of the year. So they've now moved on from him. They drafted John Mitchell the third, but he unfortunately, of course, you know, um, people can keep up with the story. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer, a uh, form of cancer. But they are yeah. taking him back, and they expect him to be um, a contributor to this offense. Nico Collins, he's a big-bodied receiver, um, and, and, he, and he's, he's shown um, the ability to trust success in the offense, but they put a little more consistency out of him. Robert Woods is a good set, but he didn't have a great year in Tennessee last year. And so... The Texans, you know, up until the past couple of weeks, they were linked to this drafting a QB into. And then going out and getting a wide receiver, maybe A.J. Sin or maybe A.J. Flowers, to add some explosiveness, um, you know, to this to this offense. And even if they, you know, they don't draft a guy at 12, I, I do expect them to draft a couple of wide receivers, maybe in the, the second or third round here. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and they get a running back as well. Um, Singletary is on a one-year deal. I, I don't think – um, that he will be back long-term. I don't think he's a long-term option. But I think, you know, they can draft a running back and, and add and have a third guy, um, you know, to this room to, to pair up with uh, Pierce and Singletary there. The Texans, uh, not surprisingly, added some defensive guys also. Uh, you know, Downsell Perriman, Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward, another guy who – yeah, I imagine Jimmy Ward and his representatives, they put put together a highlight tape for his career in San Francisco. A lot of it was against the Cardinals. Uh, so what areas, what defensive areas do you expect the Texans to add in this week's draft? Well, uh, I'm sure Diego Ryan took one look at this roster and look at the statistics and saw how poor this one defense was. Derrick Henry, every time, you know, he plays against the Texans, obviously, twice a year um, out there in Tennessee. He runs for about 250 yards. And, and I'm yeah. kind of exaggerating, but I'm kind of not. Not and, by and, much. As fantasy players everywhere know that that's about, about almost 100% accurate. <laughs> it must start whenever you have Derrick Henry face off against the Houston Texans. And it must start with basically any running back last year face off against the Houston Texans. They were at the bottom of the league, and their run defense, their, their passing defense actually wasn't that bad. Um, Derrick Sidney Jr., although he was hurt, he was, he was pretty good. Now, I mean, he wasn't putting the best positions to seed. Uh, under Lovey Smith, um, they had him running a little more zone versus, I think, Derek Singleton's fan. And they let him do that. He was really, really good. He didn't get as, hype, as much hype as maybe, um, you know, the quarterback from uh, the New York Jets did. But uh, Derek Singleton is still a really good defensive back. Um, they also have, you know, a couple of other, other defensive backs that get a feature in the safety, who, um, to me, was a, you know, rookie um, you know, all a rookie defensive player of the year type candidate who, you know, was, was phenomenal. Um, and, and they found a, uh, a really good gym in him in the second round there. And you add a guy like Jimmy Ward in that in that secondary. Um, Stephen Nelson, 
was a very serviceable defensive back as well. But I wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to continue to add to that defensive back room, maybe a cornerback. They could add a cornerback there, um, you know, at 12 as well. And then I, I would look at linebacker as well. Nico Ryan's, of course, when he was in San Francisco, had dynamic linebackers there. Um, really smart yeah. guys. Of course, Fred Warner, who many would, would you know, believe is the best linebacker you know, in the entire league. I could see them addressing their linebacker, uh, linebacker room as well, but they need help. <laughs> it's an upcoming draft. <laughs> Often, defense, special teams, you name it, they just need to continue to add uh, to the spot. Talking uh, with Chancellor Johnson of uh, KPRC2 in Houston. All right, so Nick Cesario is still the general manager. You mentioned Ryan's obviously the head coach. Who gets last call on the the picks this week? I believe – I think it is a collaborative effort. I, I think it is a – they're putting their heads together and doing it, um, you know, like they're together. And even going back to last week when Nick Ryan spoke, he mentioned that when he was in San Francisco – he really wanted um, this uh, this linebacker uh, at the time when the 49ers you know, were, were drafting. He, he was dead on about this linebacker. And as the pick was coming up, it came down to um, uh, one of San Francisco's uh, running backs and, uh, and the linebacker that he wanted. And he got a chance to look at the tape, and he was like, man, that, that running back is actually he is really, really good. And even though I want this guy as a defensive coordinator, I trust you guys and, you know, Go draft that running back. That running back ultimately turned out to be Elijah Mitchell, who, you know, yeah. when they've been healthy, has been really good. So that just kind of mm-hmm. goes to show you how the type of guy that Nico Ryan is. He wants what's best for the team. And as I mentioned, they, they need help all the way around. So it's going to be best player on the board a lot. They, they do have some pressing needs. Like I said, they, they do need to address a quarterback at some point, whether it's at 2, 12, 33, wherever. They will address that. I think they will address, you know, some adding a wide receiver because you have to set your quarterback up. But, you know, throughout the draft, they'll, they'll kind of go all over. They need to add a center um, um, as well, too. That's, that's their pressing need. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the best player available throughout the whole draft. Okay, next to last question here. How much is bringing back Ryan's uh, build some uh, time with the fan base? You know, I assume that's been a popular move with him returning. Oh, absolutely. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, the, the city has been really fired up just because not only is the excitement for what Nico Ryan can bring to the team as a coach, but just who he was as a person. There's a lot of 59 jerseys still, you know, if you go to NRG Stadium, still running around here because he was so beloved uh, here in Houston. Um, he saw some success with the 49ers with that defense, and the, the Texas fan base believe that he can come here and do that again, and, you know, get them back to um, get back to their winning ways. Now, they, they you know, never won a Super Bowl before, but Back in the Bill O'Brien era, they were actually running that division. Bill O'Brien had a lot of success as a head coach, not so much as a GM, as you know. I'm sure you guys are still taking him for gifting uh, the Arizona Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but you know, he did have success. Um, and the Texans have had success in the division. Um, you know, at times, of course, when Sean Watson was the quarterback. But you know, uh, over the past couple of years, last year I was at I was at the you know covering the games, and it felt like a road game most of the time at NRG Stadium. I, I watched as, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these teams came into NRG Stadium and they just completely took over. And, and, the, and the state of Texas, the city of Houston, is a very prideful city. And But the Houston Texas didn't give them much to cheer for. And, you know, with the way the Washington situation played out and with the way ownership kind of handled other things, trading DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, obviously letting go of J.J. Watt, who is, you know, the franchise's uh, best, best player of all time, you know, up there with Andre Johnson. There was a lot of sourness um, you know, within the fan base, and 
And hiring D'Amico Ryan is a great start to getting back to what um, the fan base, you know, wants to get back to long term. Okay, so last up, bottom line, best guess, the second pick of the Texans will be whom? I think it will be Blanchard Jr. As I mentioned earlier, they've been tied to Tyree Wilson. They need a quarterback, but just at, all, at all points right now, it's adding a defensive guy. And to me, Blanchard Jr. is the, is the best defensive guy in the draft. If you do decide to pass it from the 2B, talk about the leadership skills that he has, not just on the field, but in the locker room as well. To me, kind of reminds me a lot of Tobiko Ryan, so the type of guy that he was in and um, as, as a leader both in the locker room and on the field. I think it'll be Will Anderson. And then I think they will trade up and draft a QB later down the line, maybe an Anthony Richardson to pair with him. And the Texas also get their quarterback. Everybody's happy for now. <laughs> Good stuff, Chandler. Appreciate the time. Have fun. Thanks. Well, thanks for your time, man. Our pleasure, Chancellor Johnson, KPRC2 in Houston. Excellent stuff there. Needless to say, if the Texans do select Will Anderson number two, there's, in my mind, would be zero reason, and I mean zero reason, for the Cardinals to keep the number three pick. We'll get into the the Carolina Panthers, by the way, drafting first. We'll preview their uh, possibilities, of which we all think we know who that's going to be, right, Bryce Young? But we'll talk about the Panthers. I like their team. I like their roster. They have a new coach, and uh, we'll get plenty to talk about with the Panthers tomorrow. That'll be in this segment tomorrow. All right, next segment today, it's phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup. A brief preview of tonight's uh, Suns game, and uh, uh, we'll also get into uh, you know time pending. Might get to a little bottom line from the pipeline questions today, and uh, some Diamondbacks from last night. The first of a uh, which should be a you know winning week for the Diamondbacks. Uh, maybe a very winning week. I'm playing the last place Royals and the last place Rockies. Three games in Colorado though, with a team that has a shaky pitching staff right now. That could be a iffy proposition, but uh, definitely they should take care of business against the Royals the first three games of this week. Phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to get in, we got time and room for you right now. 602-260-1060 if you'd like to uh, jump aboard. First up, a quick repeat of today's pipeline and then some bottom line answers here. The poll questions today. We start with a KDUS poll question at uh, KDUS1060.com. Who you got tonight? ATS. In Game 5, the uh, Suns minus 12.5 for the Clippers, plus 12.5. This number was the – I think the odds maker kind of assumed that Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play. I saw some 11s yesterday, and it quickly climbed up. Once the Clippers announced that Leonard will not be playing tonight. Um, the bottom line is I'm not betting on this game, but if forced to pick, I would reluctantly go with the Suns minus the points in what should be a closeout game. Twitter poll question today. Does the addition of Aaron Rodgers move the Jets ahead of the Bills in the AFC East? 
Heard lots of discussion about this yesterday, needless to say. I personally don't think the Jets are better than the Bills with Aaron Rodgers. In fact, I'm not even convinced the Jets are better than the Dolphins with Aaron Rodgers. Meanwhile, also in the pipeline today, how many wins for the Diamondbacks this week against the Royals and the Rockies? And I think the uh, Diamondbacks need a minimum of four wins this week against the Royals and the Rockies. Also, though, I'm here to point out that Zach Gallen, if you haven't already figured this out, scheduled to pitch just once this week against those two bad teams, scheduled to pitch on Wednesday at home against the Royals. Meanwhile, the uh, Lakers in Heat, do they, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, do they, uh, clo- you know, basically, uh, do they win their series? Are they on their, are they on their way to series victories over the better seeded Grizzlies in the, uh, in the, in the, in the Bucks? And I think the, the, the Lakers in the Heat, you, they're up three one. Easy for me to say, yeah, they're, sure, they're on their way. I do believe that the uh, Grizzlies and Bucks are going to win Game Five, however. Uh, so I think there's going to be six game sixes in both these series, but I, I'm not totally sold on the Heat actually winning the series. You know, the Bucks uh, healthy, which they're not. You know, Middleton didn't look like he was 100% last night either. By the way, when they played, but I'm not quite uh, completely uh, completely in on the Heat yet. You know, who obviously have lost you know two of their rotation players to injury during this series. Also. Uh, anything as far as tonight, I do expect the uh, the Celtics and the Nuggets to close out tonight. I, I, I'm sick of watching the Hawks jog down the floor going from offense to defense. It's an incredibly unprofessional lack of effort. And also, I'm just sick of watching the Wolves at this point. And uh, they're the dumbest team in the NBA. Obviously, the final day of the regular season showed uh, they're not exactly a high basketball IQ team. And uh, just watching them play, they tried to blow a 12-point lead with two minutes to go, and they were lucky to win in overtime in Game Four on Sunday night. Also, what stood out from the relatively quiet MLB day on Monday, and other than the Rays, which we highlighted, uh, they're still undefeated at home. They're the first team to 20 wins, etc. It was kind of a slow day in baseball yesterday. Plus, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what, all caught, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, on to the Suns and the Clippers. The Suns announced on Monday that Kawhi Leonard will miss his third consecutive game because of knee soreness. The Suns have elected to play their starters for heavy minutes. That's a strategy, the strategy that Monty Williams, I think, should continue to use tonight. Playing the starters as necessary. The Suns bench is not good with the exception of Bismack Biombo. Uh, and... and, and yeah, maybe a little Josh Okogie sometimes, but you can't leave him out there for a long time. I think he gets exploited in some areas. So we'll see. After the latest season addition of Kevin Durant and his subsequent injury, the Suns starters just haven't played that many minutes together, 12 games. The Suns have won 11 of those. But I think at this point, your best players by far are your starters, and those guys still need to play minutes together. So keep playing them. Even though it appears the Suns are likely to end the uh, Clippers series tonight, they're going to have to play the Suns much better in the next series, I'm assuming, against the Nuggets, who I'm looking, as I mentioned earlier, think they'll finish off the Wolves tonight. Personnel news, the Suns did indicate on Monday the campaign with the back soreness. They expected to be back tonight. He's missed the last five games. Uh, He missed uh, all four of these games in this series so far, plus the regular season finale. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, 
scored more runs last night. It wasn't a well-played game against the lowly Royals. Tommy Henry in his first start replacing Madison Bumgarner. Not good. Didn't make it through five innings. He lasted four and a third innings. Somehow allowed just three runs and four. He gave up four hits and four walks. Only gave up three runs. One strikeout. Henry resembled the below-average pitcher that we saw last season. Last year, he was 3-4 and four with a 5.36 earned run average. In fact, last year, you know, he gave up you know, 46, 47 hits and 21 walks in 47 innings. Didn't see anything last night that makes me think he's any better this season. Meanwhile, for the season, the Diamondbacks pitchers are just walking too many hitters and they're not drawing enough walks. The Diamondbacks, in 23 games before last night, had drawn just 48, 45 walks. 20, that's 45 walks in 23 games. That's the fewest in Major League Baseball. On the mound, the Diamondbacks pitchers had walked 99 hitters. That's the third most in baseball and the most in the National League. The X factor is the Diamondbacks began last night, which should be a beneficial stretch against subpar opponents. Three against Kansas City, three against Colorado, two at Texas. They're actually good. Three versus Washington, three versus the Marlins, four versus the Giants, and then three at Oakland. That's their schedule for the next, like, three weeks. Personnel news, Christian Walker did not start for a second consecutive game. He was hit by a pitch on his left forearm on Saturday night, but Walker did enter the game last night. He's expected to start tonight, Uh, so hopefully that'll happen because he's certainly a vital part of their offense, which is also not exactly hitting on all cylinders at this point. Also on Tuesday, the Diamondbacks schedule to send out uh, starting pitcher, uh, actually, excuse me, Yesterday, Monday, that would be like yesterday would be Monday, right? Yes, I'm virtually positive about the confirmation in my brain. I think so. Uh, the Diamondbacks yesterday sent Dre Jamison, the struggling starting pitching uh, pitcher, back to AAA Reno. Now on to tonight, Ryan Nelson with a 1-0 and record and a 491 earned run average will get the start against the Royals. The Royals go with Brady Singer, and he has been terrible so far with an 814 earned run average this season. All right. Coming up next, it'll be a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one-hour radio program. We'll have the National Roundup. That'll be topped by a little bit from the NBA playoffs, a little little more than I've already mentioned from last night's games. Those were two good games last night. I wasn't too enthused, quite frankly, when the night started. But, you know, know, Jimmy Butler delivered in the Heat victory over the Bucs. And that uh, Lakers-Grizzlies game was fun. I was also... Kind of fading last night. I was hoping I was a little disappointed it went to overtime. I had to you know, muster up the strength to watch another five minutes of basketball. But uh, last night was fun. We'll have a little more on those two games. And we'll also get to some latest line action from the NBA and time pending. A couple other notes as we wrap up today's spectacular sports zone right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Well, 
Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2. 100.7. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else sips at the cracks. Also, our guest today, Chandler Johnson, KPRC, Channel 2 in Houston. Excellent stuff as we uh, look back at the Texans' offseason. D'Amico Ryan's now in charge. What are they going to do with number two? And uh, Chandler guessed is that uh, they would take Will Anderson, which if that happens, uh, there's zero reason, in my opinion, the Cardinals should keep the number three pick. He's the only reason they should even think about keeping the number three pick if he is available. Meanwhile, sound – oh, by the way, tomorrow, by the way. Tomorrow, Wednesday, that's like tomorrow, today's Tuesday. We've already distinguished in early in the hour. Yesterday was Monday. So tomorrow is Wednesday. Tomorrow in the sports zone at 9.15, we'll preview the Panthers. They have the number one pick. I think they have an intriguing roster. And uh, we'll also talk Cardinals tomorrow, by the way, during the extra point hosted by Kayla Howard Balzer, scheduled to join us tomorrow. All right, sound of the day, courtesy of Bally Sports Arizona, Fox, TNT, and WDAE. We play a highlight of them almost every day as the Rays are off to a great start. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on to the MLB. Actually, let's go to the NBA playoff scoreboard from last night. And the Grizzlies, incredibly, are now 0-16 straight up this season as an underdog. They haven't won a game as an underdog straight up the entire year. They almost ended that streak last night, though. But they blew a 7.4th quarter lead. They lost 117-111 in the Game 4 overtime loss at Los Angeles to the Lakers. Here's another bad trend. The Grizzlies have never won a Game 4 road playoff game. LeBron last night, 22 points, 20 rebounds. And uh, they beat Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies last night. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler delivered a career game in the Heat or one win away from eliminating the number one seeded Bucks. Butler scored 56 points. That is the fourth most ever in an NBA playoff game. He started fast with 22 in the first quarter. He ended fast with 21 in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bucks did get Giannis back from injury, and he delivered his third career postseason triple-double, 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. But the Heat, the Heat outscored the Bucks 41-25 in the fourth quarter. That included a 13-0 run in which, incredibly, Mike Budenholzer, your Holbrook, Arizona guy, uh, inexplicably did not call a timeout during a 13-0 run. What's going on over there? Hey, you know, maybe slow down the action, stop some momentum. But they didn't do that. All right, so on to the night we go. Atlanta at Boston, Minnesota at Denver, two games that I expect to be the final game of their respective series. Boston, the 13-and-a-half-point favorite tonight, and Denver, a 10-point favorite in the mile-high city against Minnesota. The Suns, as we mentioned earlier, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. That number is pretty much universal at this point uh, tonight in what should be the closeout game for the Suns against the Clippers. Uh, by the way, just kind of looking ahead quickly to tomorrow, I'm going to go right to the Golden State the, in the uh, Sacramento game. Golden State, a four-point road favorite in that game. So you ask, why they, why are they a four-point road favorite? Well, that's because De'Aaron Fox, um, likely an all-NBA player. When do they name all the all-NBA team? He's got to be on there. You know, they use the first, second, third team, so there's 15 dudes. 
So he's got to be on that team. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, De'Aaron Fox is considered doubtful uh, by the Kings. At least the Kings, the Kings said yesterday he was doubtful with a fractured finger on his shooting hand. So that's a, that's obviously a big deal. He's been the best player in this series, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, damn near won the game for him the other night. I'm not exactly sure when he got hurt because he did make some shots in the fourth quarter of the game on uh, you know, whatever night that was. That would have been Monday night? No, that was Sunday. Sunday? Sunday afternoon uh, at, uh, at uh, in, in San Francisco against the Warriors. All right, on the diamond tonight, to conclude the latest line portion of the program, uh, the Diamondbacks against the uh, Kansas City Royals, as we mentioned, not exactly an exhilarating pitching matchup here. Ryan Nelson against Brady Singer. The Diamondbacks and Nelson, a 125 favorite tonight. It's higher in other places. Consensus, at least in the state of Nevada, 125. Total in that game, 10 tonight, which kind of tells you that neither of these pitchers are particularly good. Also, both these bullpens might be somewhat shot after last night. They both used, uh, they went deep into their bullpen. Two other quick notes from Major League Baseball. The Astros could be without without Jordan Alvarez for uh, at least a little while. He got sent back to Houston with a neck problem. He didn't have a neck problem when he was hitting against the Braves over the weekend, but he uh, went back, he was sent back home from Tampa yesterday and, uh, you know, is uh, certainly uh, not expected to be available tonight. <clears throat> and also the Rays expected to have Sandy Alcantara back on the mound Wednesday. He was a late scratch last Saturday and unable to pitch, but expected to be back tomorrow for the Marlins. The defending Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara. All right, this has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow with one hour of the Sports Zone and then the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.